All right, here today, nice uh, early Saturday morning with uh, a champion in his own right and uh, good friend James Tahuna. Welcome to the uh, Rich Life Projects, my friend. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. So, um, yeah, just getting back to what's been happening lately. Um, bit of exercising, bit of, uh, bit of coaching, a uh, bit of mentoring. Yep. And um, I'm 40, going on 41. Another month. 41, mate. Um, Imagine being in your 40s. <laughs> <laughs> Always like, when I was young, I pictured like 40-year-olds being like dinosaurs. 100%. I, mean, I do feel like that sometimes, so, but um, I don't feel that old. No, no, I know. Well, when you, I suppose you're like me, I'm 25 in my mind, but the body feels like about 60. <laughs> but when you turn 40, when I turned 40, I was like, Oh, this would be a, 40s, all right. 40s, the new 30. Yeah, yeah, and then, because yeah. when I was 20, I used to be going, mate, imagine if you got to 40 years old, because I didn't even think I'd live to 40. But yeah. you think, wow, imagine being 40. And now I'm 48. I'm like, wow, imagine being 50. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I've got that's, to look forward to. That's a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> no way, bro. That's, that's when you come in. That's the 50s, the new 40s. And that's, uh, yeah, hopefully the new youth. But uh, but everything else going all right. Still in uh, Penrith, Sydney. Yep. I still live in Penrith. I've been here for like 20, 24 years now. Yeah, yeah. I remember we, we were just speaking about, uh, yeah. about you know, you went you went to have a bit of a look at moving out of Penrith, but you the, the, uh, couldn't move out of Penrith. The yeah, heart, like heart's you, still in the community. Yeah, you know the community. You know yeah, the people yeah, 100%. around. Um, just, you know, you, know, you kind of hear of like people moving away to yeah. different towns and areas. And yep. They spend a lot of time in that town and they miss that community. And yeah, it's just, 100%. Yeah, there's it's always something you miss. And yeah. I know, yeah, I know everyone there, so it's yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, and what's been what's been happening sort of lately in regards to obviously been training. I see you training all the time, and uh, you got your engage one hundred. What's that's that's the the chin ups, the the push ups, and I know what it is because obviously I do it yep. uh, through lockdown. When you give it to me, I was just like, oh, I'm going to try this workout, and to to be honest, it helped me in regards to. But uh, the engage one hundred, what's it's um so it's pretty much like the the exercises that I got taught yep. when I was a kid. So when I was a young teenager, yep. when I first went to the boxing gym, you know, we done our boxing drills, yep. done the bag work and stuff like that, partner work, and then the conditioning and the strength work came from you know push ups, pull ups, yep. sit ups, all that stuff. And it yep. um it's funny like. I started out doing those exercises. Yep. Didn't understand the, what it was going to do to what, me. Yeah, what, what I was doing. But I just got, you know, just did what I was told. And then I spent a long time in the fighting world yep. throwing around weights and yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. about being explosive and, yep. you know, trying to get All bigger, new, stronger, new faster. All the new things for the strength conditioning. and Yeah, well, there's so much out there, you know. Now there is, now, eh? now, you know, there's heaps of heaps. There's a new exercise coming out every single, like, month. Oh, there's probably some every, new every week someone craze. comes up with something. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, um, traditional workouts, they work and they work well. Yep. Um, yeah. If I had stuck with those exercises, yeah, I remember. I remember through, talking this conversation. Yeah, if I had stuck with those ago. exercises, I probably would have had less injuries during yeah. my career. Yeah, yeah, true that, true that. Yeah, hundred percent, I would yeah. have been. Yeah, but um, you know, but you're not to know that, are you? When you, you know, <laughs> when you're young and you sort of all these new things and you want to go to the elite, you think that's how the elite train. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. It must that must work because the elite. Are doing, it. yeah. But if you really, you know, like I suppose when you think back at the old times, you know they were picking up 
tree logs. They'll they'll picking up bricks. They'll like that was their toughness training or their strength training. So you think back to that, and they sort of got through as as tougher probably. Yeah. Than our generation today. Yeah, hundred percent. So you know, it's sort of you go, oh, why am I doing all this new fending and stuff when I can be actually still doing the hard, the hard training? You know, yeah. not so yeah. much picking up logs and that, but the chin ups, the, uh, the the push ups, the the body squats, all that sort of stuff. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's definitely definitely a good effect. It's um just been great for my body. Yeah. Um, I'm 41 now. It's me lifting heavy weight, um, my body feels it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and I didn't realise how much it would strengthen my, or like, you know, f- help improve my posture. Yeah, Especially, yeah. you know, so many decades, well, a couple of decades in yeah. combat sports, you know, your shoulders roll forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of interior work and yep. not much, not much um, posterior, so yep. it's good to be able to, you know, fix everything up. And, yeah, um, yeah. Especially, yeah, going in, going into our older age, it's you know having that, having a stronger body. Yeah, and and obviously the stronger your body is, the stronger the mind gets. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. that's always a plus, isn't it? Yeah, everything we do, hundred percent. So going back to obviously way back to when we grow up. So you're born obviously uh, Darfield, Canterbury, yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> what was what was growing up like? What was the uh, the the ins and outs of New Zealand or Canterbury growing up? Obviously with your brother. Uh, Tama, who's yep. who's a, a legend in his own right as well. <laughs> my um, so my mother's from the South Island of New Zealand. It's okay. like a um, it's not not much of the population of New Zealand. Is yeah, there, yeah, okay. The more the North Island, and my father's from the the North Island. Oh, right. Uh. So I was born in the South Island, but then yep. I grew up in the North Island. Yep. Um, yeah, mum, um, dad. Dad was the worker of the family. Yep. Mum um, had a full-time job looking looking after us. 100%. That's full-time. Eh? So it's um, just you and Tama, isn't it? Just yeah, the brothers? Yeah, just me and my older brother, Tama, who's yep. four years older than me. Yep. He's he's the, the leader of the family. Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, we just – we grew up in a, a small little country town. Yep. It was known to – for um, a winery. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, right. Exporting wine. Yep. Um, so we lived in a temporary house. Yep. Uh, it was on a large uh, orchard, grapevine orchard. Oh, yeah, right. It was a pretty cool place. Yeah, right? I was going to say yes. that. Yeah, it's it's like... weird. Creeks going through all the orchards and everything. We used to go eeling and- Oh, wow, well, yeah. You know, shooting little birds with yeah. a slug gun and <laughs> slingshot and stuff like that, doing all that naughty stuff. <laughs> Is that illegal stuff these days? <laughs> How times have changed, eh? You used to be able to sit out in your balcony and start, you know, peewee shooting bats and all that. Now, if you do that, you go to jail for uh, animal cruelty and that. But yeah. that's how that's how life is is changed. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. So but, growing up on the orchards, yeah, with uh, the, the big fella? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, we, oh, my life through school was quite hard because yep. fucking I had a lot of um, um, a lot of anxiety. Yeah, um, I was like, yeah, often caught in mute. Yeah, um, had a lot of difficulties, yep. a lot of insecurities. Yep, um, learning difficulties. Yep, um, had a bad stutter because I was too afraid of yeah, saying yeah. the wrong thing, or I didn't want to. No, social anxiety. I want to. I want to be in the group, but yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll hang on the outside, sit on the fence, and yeah, just, right. Know, Try and try and be some part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so I had a pretty hard time, um, yeah, getting in, through school in and that growing being up, bullied and yep. being a target and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, combat sports for me was a was a huge um tool for me to be able to, you know, 
um, strengthen myself. And yeah, have that confidence. Thrive a bit more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Otherwise, if I don't you, find you find it, that a lot, don't you? Like even, I mean, you find the the stories that fighters usually come back with is when they have some, you know, as you say, with your issues, uh, learning disabilities or a stutter or something that haven't, hasn't give you confidence, but then they always find their way into the, the fight game where they probably still feel fearful of the fight game, but it gives them that confidence because they're starting to do something that, uh, one, gives them confidence, two, protect themselves from yep. bullying and all that. Obviously, yep. when I did have hair, it was, it was growing up with red hair and freckles. So when you're in school, you had to go, man, it, it's a fight every week week when you got red hair and freckles so and i used to hate fighting so i used to just talk me way out of fights yeah until i started doing the kyokushin karate and and all that sort of stuff so it's yeah some of those stories you hear and you always you always ask when the the fighters go what's what's your background and and what comes of it it's and always, it's always yeah, it was similar eh? always comes back to that you yeah. know the hard upbringing yeah as that and what about uh your brother tama he with uh growing up he sort of in the same sort of boat, or what was his? Yeah, he. Um, so we got into boxing. Um, I was twelve years old. Like in that town, we there wasn't any boxing gym or martial art gym there. Yeah, right. we moved to another town, and there was a. Um, there was actually there was no boxing gym there. We moved yep. to another town. Um, they got a job as a security guard at a, oh, at a okay. local pub. Yeah, right. Eh? And then there was a as a guard. He got you know. There's like conversations happening in the yeah. in amongst the locals and they're talking about all the um youth. Yeah. Well, like some of the youth playing up in the streets and stuff. So yeah, right. And I thought, you know, it would be good if we can get these kids active and get 100%. them into something. And yeah. then conversation led to um boxing being a, you know, yeah. a tool to use for those kids. And, yeah, um, yeah. My dad put my hand up and the an ex boxer was there and he put his hand up to be, you know, part of it. And yeah, right. And the uh the publican, he uh had a storage place at the back, yeah, large storage place, yeah. And then he goes, "Here, guys, if you use you know that. you can use that." Yeah, so right. then kicked off from there, and um, your dad put some time into building this this gym. We all did, yeah, yeah. And um, the community built it, yeah, okay. And again, as I said before in a conversation, it's it's the outside people who don't understand the martial arts or the boxing, and when uh, people like yourself or myself, and we mentor teenagers, and, and we go. It's best if you bring us your teenagers and we'll train them. Yep. We'll, we'll make them better men or better people. Um, but they think taking them to a boxing gym only creates – they're going to create more violence for that for that teenager. Yeah. But it actually works in the opposite, as you know yep. and I know. It works the opposite because they all think they can fight yep. and they all think they're aggressive, but when they come to a gym and, and it's packed full of other teenagers and then you go, okay, well, now you're going to train together and then they really see what – Training's like, yeah. That's where I say it's the reverse psychology. It's where you where you tip it over the other side, where they go, oh well, now I don't have to be violent because I already know how to protect myself. Yeah, and that's yeah. probably what your old man started back in in that time as well. Yep, just yep. getting them off the street. Yeah, in, into that into that sport. But it works both ways. Eh? It works against that teenager. That's um, that's you know the bully. Yeah, yeah. You know, throwing his weight around, hundred percent, and then pulls him back down to earth. Yep. And the other way too, the you know the little kid getting picked on and yeah, yeah. self self esteem and yep. self confidence and then yep. make him grow as well. So it's yeah. um, man, it's a it's, it's an awesome tool. Yeah, yeah. To you know all teenagers, hundred percent, hundred percent. And is, is the new wave engaged? Is that still going on? Yeah, you still got that mental 
program yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. So I've got a, a mentoring program and the targets um, uh, out of home care uh, at youth. Uh, sorry, at risk um, youth. Youth, yeah. Okay. So it's through community services. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, I connect them back to community. So they might be struggling. Like, um, these kids can be at harm of themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Risk of harm themselves yep. or, or others. Or, or others, yep. And then they start, you know, isolating themselves. Yeah. So I jump in, build a rapport. Yeah, yeah. You know, what are you into? What kind of, you know, you're into yeah, footy, you into Basically boxing, befriend them. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And when you're a good mentor, and, and I've found that, when you can talk on their level, because you've been through the struggles that they've been through, you become friends very quickly with those. They open up a lot quicker, yeah. I feel. If if the corporates, someone says, you know, they're talking down to that that teenager, then they're like, oh, hang on, this is, this is like my father or my mother talking. But when you befriend them and you talk on their level – that's what I found that it's a lot easier to befriend the teenagers because you've gone through the struggles and you know how they feel. Yeah. And then they feel that vibe that you've yeah. been there before as well. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's what I found rewarding when you yeah. when you're doing those mentoring things. Yeah. It's um yeah, I, I do uh, I do a lot of uh a lot of listening yeah to them for yeah. them. They um but they're quite as when we first meet, but yeah. they break the ice and stuff and yeah. they, they realise that I'm just like, you know, Bit of a clown sometimes. <laughs> and go, oh, this guy's not so tough after all. Yeah, he's not, he's not he, tough. You know, he's got some messed up ears and everything. He's got a head like a football. <laughs> he's not so, he's not, not so tough. Uh, but, um, yeah, I do a lot of listening and then they yeah. open up. And, okay, yeah. cool. You're into this. You're into that. You're yeah. having this issue. You're having that issue. Yeah, yeah. Start asking questions. Yep. Get some answers. Find some solutions. Yep. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. Definitely, definitely a great thing. Yeah. Definitely a great thing. So you started your... Uh, Started the career, I mean, uh, 2003. Yeah, MMA, yep. MMA career. Uh, before that, because I know Tama back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I was in that back in the day where Tama used to be one of the big names in kickboxing and that going around in Sydney. Yep. Um, and we used to fight on the undercards of, of shows, you know, kickboxing and, and back in the Kyokushin days. But uh, did, you, did you start off with a bit of kickboxing yourself? Yeah, I did. So I started boxing in New Zealand. Yep. Then we came over. Then Thomas started kickboxing. So, you know, bigger brother, I followed his lead. Followed I started lead. kickboxing. Yep. I was thinking it. He was good. Yeah, yeah. No, he, as I say, like he's uh, – when when people say Tama to him, like people like myself, people in my my era, they sort of go, yeah, that dude was tough. He was like one of the, the OGs of the fight game back in the day. And kickboxing was big back in the day too. Like yeah, that was, yeah, was coming out of karate yep. and then it was the kickboxing. And even the kickboxing in New South Wales and then you had uh, Muay Thai starting up. Mm. But even when you're kickboxing, you heard Muay Thai and you're like, what the hell's Muay Thai? Like, and But with the kickboxing K1, it was more those rules where I remember Tama – yeah, you know, doing those. So, how many uh, like fight wise? How many fights you go through in that? I only that- had a couple of amateur kickboxing fights. Yeah, okay. He had a whole bunch though. Yeah, yeah. I only had a couple of amateur kickboxing fights, and I quickly moved on to. Uh, I started going to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, okay. And then I had like a handful of um, jiu-jitsu matches. Yep. In wrestling, that yeah, submission okay. wrestling, that yep. went that path. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And just carried on from there. So the yeah. the career started in two thousand three. 
local circuit, obviously that's where everyone starts, the local circuit. So some of the some of the names, obviously Hector Lombard, yeah, yeah, he yeah, had yeah. a crack at yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I think he, you know, back in the day, him and I think uh, even uh, remember Sawa, yeah, Sawa Hulk, who. Uh, who, who I'm friends with as well. Like though Hector Lombard, when he fought, everyone was like, damn, look at that dude. He was a specimen. Yeah, man. He was, he was a specimen. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh. And I think uh, Cole Noak fought him as well. That's right, he did too. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I would shit myself looking at that dude across the cage going, damn, that dude's a specimen. He looks strong. Of um, At all the fighters that I've, you know, sort of fun of. Yep. Well, I'm fighting them. Yep. And the only one that I was scared of yeah. was Hector because he was so quick. I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah, that true. explosive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he's going to do. But on that on that regional scene, he he was he was pretty much like one of the invincible fighters, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, he like was on a on a tear and oh, uh, he, you know, just racking up fights. He's fighting frequently. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't, didn't really cop any serious injuries injuries or anything. Yeah, I think it was just his compact body. Well, he, like he's yeah, probably yeah. He was that compact. Like he had yeah. muscle upon muscle. Yeah, yeah. And probably and and because he's obviously uh, overseas these days, but and still does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still does. You yeah. look at the look at the man. I think he's in his forties too, isn't he? Yeah. And I I look at him on on socials, and I'm like, damn that dude. Like <laughs> it's just I don't know what it is. Just their genes and their uh, just absolutely. Uh, Crazy sort of thing. Who who uh back on the local scene? Uh, so most of your fighting was done like in Sydney. Um, no, not really because nah. MMA back then, um, New South Wales it was illegal in New South Wales. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. So the only place we could actually compete in MMA was up in Queensland. Ah, oh, Queen- so Queensland's the best state for fights. Yeah, Muay Thai, yeah. kickboxing, yep. boxing. Yeah, there's no authorities up there. Yeah, so anything goes. <laughs> So we were going up there. Yeah, okay. Until, yeah, uh, legal in New South Wales. CFC. CFC, yeah. Where, was that where, was that in Queensland as well? Was that uh, in New South Wales? No, so Luke Mazzuti ran that show. Yeah. And that was here in Sydney, but he, he, I think he took it to Queensland. Yeah, okay. He took it around the place, I think. Um, but that was like the the number one show in Australia. Yeah, okay. At the time. Yep. And you were, you were, the, you were the champ. Yeah. Of the CFC. Yeah. Yep. And one thing that I was looking at or read when you fought Anthony Paresh. Parosh. Parosh. Yeah. So you fought him and the ref stopped it. Yeah. And then something else, uh, there was like you had. <laughs> I told <laughs> oh, you, yeah, I'm going to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, well, oh. he, he wrote a statement saying something like, oh, you know, the actions or behavior of James Tahuna. Um, did did they strip you of of that fight or what? Yeah, what was the- yep, yep. So I was um I was fined, and then okay. um yeah I, I suffered I, I was given consequences for that. Yeah, right. And rightfully so too because um yeah no I done an act. Yeah, it was like a it was like a full dog act. Yeah. Um, I guess my what I was going through I was I was arguing with my brother backstage. Yeah, right. And then. I was in a shitty mood, like a bad mood. I, yeah. I was not a man keeping his cool at all. Yeah, okay. I was like losing the plot, you know, yeah, I was right. just losing my head. And then um, I was backstage and we were arguing and I was like, nah, not going to warm up. Yeah, and right. My trainer, Stevie's trying to get me up and yeah, warm Stevie, up. And I'm yeah, like, Ashby. warm up for a little bit, for like 30 seconds and I'll yeah. sit back down and I go, nah, fuck it. I'll just yeah. go down and lose the fight. I don't care. Yeah, right. I'm going to lose. Yeah. 
And I was just like, shitty, yeah. And yeah. just switched off and just waiting for something to like click, you know. And yep. then obviously for me to, you know, lose yeah. my shit. Yeah. And then walked out there. Yeah, here, here we go. Hold on, lose something. I don't care. Yeah. Walk okay. out, walk out. The cage door closed. Yep. And then, um, yeah. Anthony, um, Anthony Prosh is in. I was just, yeah, it was like a just full went. deal. It was a dirty act, what I'd done. I was just yeah, wild and yeah. um, I lost my call. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was, yeah, really ashamed about my actions during that, but what I'd done. So what yeah. I'd done was I went to, um, when I knocked him down, I'm, I've knocked Anthony Prosh down. I'm yeah. jumping on top of him, trying to finish him off. Yeah. And then um, he's, yeah, he's on the ground and the rest went to call the fight and pull me off and I've, Pulled the ref aside, and then um, went to like stomp on him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah right. My foot hit his chest. Oh, yeah, right. Um, and then everyone jumped in the ring and pulled me off. Yeah, and I was like still wild. Just um, yeah, I just had a yeah, just yeah. A, a, not just. Yeah. I shouldn't say that, but I did have a meltdown. Yeah, I lost my cool. Yeah, um, but I'm. Oh, own it. So I did yeah, own yeah, my yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and you definitely learn from it. Yeah, and um. Yeah, well, it's not my character. No, no, no. And I've it's, it's definitely um changed things, you know. I've <laughs> yeah. looked, looked at that, watching it over and over again. I'm thinking, well, fuck. how did you? Get, yeah, it, it, yeah. I suppose when you watch it over and over, and you're like, what, where, what mental state was I in? Like, where was I at to be that sort of out of control sort of thing? It's yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's like the fight fight game too. Sometimes it's. You, you see fighters when they just go in there and they just like they lose all game plan, they lose all comprehension what the hell they're doing. Yeah, and it's just like they they just want to, you know, hurt people or kill people. Or, you know, they just really what they're doing is probably just hurt themselves. But yeah, it's it's an interesting factor when the mindset when you can go from okay, I just don't want to warm up, I just want to. But as soon as you get in the cage or as soon as you get in that environment where you like. Boom! That that click goes, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. It's, it's just like it's like a blackout. Yeah, it's like I don't know really what I did, but looking back, what I did, like who the hell was that? Yeah, or, yeah you know what yeah. was that? So, yeah, yeah. but that's you know that, as you say, that's just a, a learning curve oh, yeah, of all definitely. different. You know, when you're young and you sort of like got that much testosterone going, and you're sort of arguing, you got a lot of different environments. Everyone's been through that scenario, you know, yeah. once or or more in their life. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So when you you finished on the local circuit, um, and then you joined the joined the UFC in 2011, and some of the obviously some of the names you fought on there are some some huge names, you know. Um, but yeah, what was that that experience like when you uh, when you signed with them? It was um, yeah, bit of a buzz, man. It yeah, was, oh, actually. My uh, my goal was to fight in Pride FC. Okay, so Pride FC is like the the biggest promotion in the world at the yep. time. It was yep. bigger than UFC. Yeah, and um, Mark Hunt was fighting there, and yep. I was doing some training with him. Yeah, and um, he was giving me some encouragement to, to you know to fight there. And yeah, I, yeah. He, I think he got me like a one fight contract there, but yep. then it's when Pride went busted. Yeah, that's UFC right. That's right. Our Pride, but um, my goal was to get to Pride. Yeah, and then um, Pride went busted. Yeah, okay. So UFC, the UFC was coming to Australia. That's right. And I thought, okay, well, I'm the local guy that's kind of getting some wins and yeah, on yeah, a bit yeah. of a win streak right yep. now. And yep. I was trying to put my name forward. Yeah. My brother Tama had a connection and oh, yep. overseas they had managed UFC fighters. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, got a contract and had their first fight there. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I think was that in, that in Sydney? Yeah, because I think that was the first um, first uh, New Zealander to fight on the on the UFC. Yeah, I think it was even the one you were one of the first Australians uh, to fight on Australian soil. Oh yeah, I, th- I, I think, think so. I was the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to I fight on I seen, yeah because it was the first time that they came to yeah. Australia. I, I know. Um, yeah, I know you were the first New Zealander to headline in New Zealand. Yeah, on the UFC when the UFC went to New Zealand. So yeah. that was that was a big buzz as well. So some of the you know Shogun Rua, obviously Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Um, Ryan Jimmo, who else? Some of the names Alexander Gustafson. Yeah. Um. So and during all that time, obviously fighting huge names and dealing with some injuries at, at the same time. Um. Obviously frustrating to try and be fighting because I know some of the the fights that you took, you were injured, but you didn't obviously like most fighters. I don't want to pull out, um, but you you fought anyway. Um, yeah, well, that must be frustrating when you sort of the body's not not doing everything you want it to do. Yeah, it sucks, man. Like when you're lining up to fight some big names, you know. So you've got like around let's just say three months to prepare for. A fight, yeah, and then from the day that you take on the fight, which is you, you make the match, you yep. accept the match, to the day that you step in the ring, you should be at the prime, tip top shape yeah, of your yeah. life. Yeah, a lot of the times I'd walk into the ring like yeah, a broken down body, yeah, just yeah, right. like worse off than what I was three when months you, prior to. Yeah, when I really. But um, I like those challenges. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I always you know, like a, to be the underdog. Yeah, but um, the real battle for me was um, trying to keep myself straight and positive yep. during those times that I was hurt. And, and how how did you do that? Like obviously when you go through injuries, you're always questioning yourself and then you go, damn, I'm just about to, to fight, you know, Shogun Rule or Glover Teixeira or Alexander Gustafson. How, how do you keep that mindset going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, even though my body feels broken down, but what's, what's that mindset? What's that thought of going, well, I'm not pulling out? I um I didn't want to back down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I pulled out from the fight due to injury before yeah. the fight actually happened, yeah, I felt like I lost, lost. Yeah, yeah that was a, just an instant loss on my behalf, and I just didn't want to lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but even even today, like you get the fighters that have broken down bodies leading into a fight, and a week out or two weeks out, they go like, I'm out. Or pull the fight because they want to readjust and reset, get over the injury, and then come back more healthier. Was that not a was that not a thought for no, you? No, or was no, just more it was like, just like once I said yes on the that, contract, that, that was it. That it was, was it. Yeah, if I was if I was to pull out, and I had the option to pull out. Yeah, that's a loss, and I yeah, I've caught yeah. that loss. And yeah. I, like, I, I couldn't live with that. Yeah, so it didn't really matter if I you know crushed my way into yeah. the cage, yeah. with crutches, or yeah. leg. I still get in there and just. And try and do my best. Yeah. But um yeah, thirteen surgeries within the last six years of my career. Yeah, yeah. And fighting. Yeah. In between those things it was yeah, it's a bit of a mission. Oh man. That's <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like people people may look at and watch your fights and say, Oh, you know, he, he lost these fights, he you know, he fought big names, but he lost that. But when you when you find the backstory and the just the the mental toughness of your body breaking down during fight camp. And as I say, like the fighters today, they would just go, you know what? It's two weeks out. I'm too busted up. Hey, so and so, I'm finished. Um, I'm out of the fight. I've got to cancel because of injury. 
Like that that can happen these days and nothing's ever thought of it again. But mentally, that as you say, that was a loss for you. Yeah. Going forward, that's what people have got to realise with the backstory is that was a loss for you in your mind. That was you losing. Even yeah. though you're losing already because your body's already broken down yeah. and you're just about to go into one of the biggest fights of your life each and every fight, especially in the cage and at that world level, to have that mental – no, I can't cancel out of my fight because that means I'm going to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. realistically is is a bit – it blows my mind because you think, you know, you get to two weeks out or three weeks out and your body's all broken down just to say, hey, look, it's not a, it's not a losing of that fight. You just go, hey, I'm going to reschedule this fight because I'm not at 100%. Mm-hmm. There was never ever that, that thought – yeah, no, it was just like. Would, would you, if you were in that position now, and you're in the in oh, your prime totally, prime now, totally change, totally yeah, change. Now you'd, now yeah, you'd go. That, hey. I understand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that, again, that's all part of, I suppose, that journey, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Not just, not just fighters' journey. I think that's just every sport journey. Like, if you get that injury and it's leading up, athletes, uh, athletics, or whatever, you know, are they leading up to it. They just go well. I've gone as much as I can, but I had to pull out. It's just yeah, yeah, part yeah. parcel. But yeah, yeah. the mentality back then was just that. I think um, a lot of fighters are lucky. To, oh no, luck has a lot to do with it too. I think with injuries and stuff like that, with injuries and that. Yeah. Um, some fighters are like strong in their body and get through with minimal injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some get um, a lot of injuries, like me. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it was. Um, I reckon it was, to be honest, man, it yeah. would have been like the um, what I was doing um, outside of fighting to yeah. try and strengthen my body. Yeah, true, yeah. As well. I mean, you've, you've always said that, uh, even in conversations with me, you always said, if I had just done the chin-ups, the push-ups, nah, I could have, my body could have lasted a lot longer during the career. Well, like here, you know, you fighting the combat sports can create a few imbalances in your yeah, body. Yeah. So your strength and conditioning yep. outside of the fight training should be about yep. strengthening those weaknesses, all those areas that need to be strengthened yeah, yeah. to balance out the body. Yep. yep. To prevent injury when you do fight train. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then obviously that mindset with the injuries, uh in one of in one of the fights you I think I read you had a uh, I'm not quite sure part what of the fight it was you had like a broken uh broken Left hand and a broken left foot. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think where that um, fight that I, was. I fought, I fought this guy called Jerry Beltran. And, uh, that's right, because he was he was a he was a replacement for Brennan Brennan Vera. Vera, that's right, because yep. Brennan Vera had an injury. Yep. And pulled out, and then that Joey. Yeah, Jerry Beltran. He he jumped that, in. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a good war. He's um Jerry Beltran's a. He's a bit of a like a hard nut. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He um doesn't really have the physical looks of a fighter. Nah. But um he's tough as nails. Yeah. I went out there. Yep. You start moving around in front of the the fighter, you think you can tell yeah. within the first like thirty seconds yep. how this fight's gonna go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got this guy. I've got this guy. Yeah, right. Then like started, you know, boxing him and stuff like that. Yeah. I threw this um threw this jab. And it hit the top of his um, head. Head, and I went crack. And I went, oh, there goes my fist. There goes my hand. That's, oh, that's broken. Yeah, right. That's all right. I've got three limbs left. Yeah, I'll start using my legs. Yeah. So the next um, kick that I throw, 
I collected his um my top of my foot hit his kneecap. Oh wow. He turned it out and then yeah, right. crack. Oh. So that foot is broken. <laughs> so I got broken hand, broken foot. Yeah. Wow. The first minute of the fight. But um it ends up um going the distance. Yeah. Three five minute Un- rounds. Una- unanimous decision, um, I think you got yeah, there. Yeah, I got the win. What, what's the what's yeah. the what's the thought pattern there when you go bang, you've jabbed him, it's on his top of his head, you hit you feel your your hand crack. And then you do a kick and you feel your leg and your foot crack. Obviously, the adrenaline's pumping the, and, you know, you, you're still – because I've seen fighters, even though they've just broken their hand, they mightn't use it as much as what they usually do, but they'll still throw it out to pretend that nothing's wrong with their hand yeah, or nothing's yeah. wrong with their foot. Yeah. That's a crazy thought to me. You know, I, I mean, I was lucky when I was fighting that I was only I, – I had a crack in my foot there once in, in Thailand, but – to crack a hand and break a hand and, and still be going, okay, I'm going to still jab with that hand. Like that that gives me shivers That just thinking, oh, man, every time you throw that jab and you've got a broken hand, you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like you, you don't- but I suppose when your adrenaline's pumping and you're in that environment, like you're just like, you can't feel nothing until after the after fight. But oh, obviously you probably are, still feel it. I think because you're, you know, Boxing is not like any other sport. Boxing, yeah. like you're standing in front of someone that wants to that's right, that's beat right. you up. Yeah. So you're doing everything you can to yeah. survive and stay up and not get hurt. Um, is mixed martial arts probably a little bit different where you can, if you crack your hand and broke it, obviously then you go, well, I've got kicks, I've got knees, you know, I can sort of utilize and go, weapons, okay, I can yeah. keep my hand yep. back a bit and just yep. push kick him or yep. knee him or try and throw elbows in close. I, I suppose that's a bit of a, a blessing in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like, it's straight away, you're like, oh, I can't use that hand. I can't yeah, stay positive, that, stay positive. And that, then you got to keep a, a straight, straight face, face like a, saying, you know, a poker face because yep. the the more experienced the fighter is, that's the more, right. he'll, he'll, he'll more pick experience that. he has and is reading. Body language. 100%, yeah. Great fighters are, are masters of um, reading body language. 100%, 100%. Yeah, and that's what I thought. Oh, man, breaking your left foot and your left hand in, in the fight. Yeah. That, that's that Mentally, that's got to go, yeah, what, you know. Yeah, we actually had that fight, end of the fight, end up breaking the record for the most amount of um, um, strikes thrown in a UFC. Really? Match in history, the first one. <laughs> wow. That's what I mean. When you get to that, that stages and you're like, Man, and you got that history of throwing as much strikes as you did. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And then, and you say training, training with Mark Hunt, obviously uh, one of the one of the all time greats to me, and a, and good friend to obviously both of us. Uh, what was that? Because he was he would have been back in his prime, to, a bit of his prime as well when you when you sort of uh, went under his wing and, and trained with him. Yeah. So he just um, finished up his K one career. Yeah. Okay. And then signed up. To Pride FC, yep, and um, we were we were training under the same um, jiu-jitsu yeah, okay. coach, yep, and then Mark and I were like probably a forty minutes drive away from each other, yep, and um, he would go out to his gym and yeah, okay. and train and stuff because yep. there was only like a small handful of people that were actually training MMA in Sydney, okay. yeah, it was right, only like a new sport, yeah, yeah, true. So we'll get out there and and try some stuff and and all that, yep. And um, yeah, he's a massive, massive pioneer for the sport. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. My idols growing up were yeah, you know, Mike Tyson, Jonah yep. Lomu, David yeah. Tur, yeah, yeah, and then Mark Hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's uh, yeah. A lot of people. I mean, to me, 
he mightn't have won like a so-called a UFC belt, or but he won obviously K1 Max, which was back in that day the K1 was it. Like that was the biggest thing, and Mark Hunt it was exciting. Yeah, and the Ray Sefo fight. Well, I talked to Mark about that on the podcast. That was one of the craziest fights in in my my viewing in, in history. And then Ray hurts his eye. Mark comes back out, fights again, knocks out uh, uh, Lebanon, I think it was, or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. And went on and and end up winning the K one. You know, like that 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 was crazy. But to me, like Mark, for what he's done and and who he stood up to, which is pretty much everyone. That's what I class as when I when people say these days the loose word of legends or greatest of all times, that's who you gotta really compare to. The ones who have fought the best of the best, win, lose, or draw, but they've been in the kickboxing world, they've been in the pride world, they've been in the K one world, they've been in the USC world, they've been in whatever world, and they've fought whoever they've put in front of them. Yeah. To me, that's that's what your class is one of the greatest of all times. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. if anyone argues that against me, well, so be it. But, it's not, you know, oh, you're only just friends with me. But it's just that's the fight. That's what I class as one of the greatest of all times because of what he's done and what he's represented and being a pioneer of what he's done for others too. He's fought the greats at their best, at 100%. their peak. He hasn't fought greats past there. No. You know, and I see a lot of that today. 100%, 100%. People. And, and you know, the ones that the the company was trying to put him against to lose so they could move forward and just line him up for a fight, he was knocking them out. Mm. The Strews and like, you know, he was just knocking them out. And then even when he lost, it, it still took a man mountain to, to stop him. Yeah, yeah, And that's yeah, like he's, yeah. one of, he's one of the toughest going around. That's why training under him would have been just – and the same as Bam Bam now, Bam Bam's sort of going from, from um, you know, stage to stage, and he's doing so well now where he was on a losing streak. But he trained under Mark for since he was 16 as one of Mark's sparring partners. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you see um, Ty Tavasa now is just excelling in everything he does, you know. Yeah. And his value's gone up and up and up all the time, every every time he fights. And he's yep. got, obviously, Cyril in, in uh, coming up soon. But, um, yeah, just some of those sort of stories that he, he even told when he was in Newcastle. he came up to Newcastle and were there and Mark was training for the boxing. And, um, yeah, just some of the stories when he was young, 16 years old, sparring with Mark Hunt. I was like, wow, that's, you know, 16-year-old. <laughs> that is crazy, you know. That is that is crazy. But that's why he's got the mentality he has now, of, of fighting some of the the best in the world, yep. and, and beating them. Yeah, you know, and yep. which is great to see. So you go. Uh, I remember the New Zealand uh, UFC. You were the main main event first New Zealander to to um, do the main event. Uh, Nate Marquette. Yep, I think it was the the fight. Um, obviously. Didn't go to plan again, probably with the injuries. Injuries coming into that fight, but you you weren't going to back out of it. <laughs> yeah. But that experience in New Zealand, like going back to your sort of, you know, the country that you're born in to lead the the main event. It's awesome. Um, bit I've of a buzz. To, you know, represent my country like when I was a kid. You know, yeah, I'd love yeah. to be on, you know, out on the field playing for the All Blacks. Yeah. That was my goal. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, had the uh, opportunity to. Uh, take that fight on, yeah, and um, took it on, and had a, yeah, probably the worst luck of injuries actually. Yeah, true. It was pretty. It was pretty bad. Yeah, no, yeah, shouldn't have fought that fight, but I fought. Um, I stepped in the in the cage. Yeah, um, 
learned a lot about myself. Yeah. Learned a lot about my um, trainers and yeah. what I was dragging them through. Yeah, yeah, Because true. they were like, yeah, you know, you should not be doing this. And I'm like, no, nah, nah, I'm doing it. Did I, not, not, that this, not that it was probably for this fight, but I, I was hearing, obviously in the fight game, that uh, something when you're having sparring, like, you know, you, you were getting hit pretty hard, um, but then there was – there was some sort of talk that there was like a the lesions lesions on your brain at one stage or something. Is that was that true? Oh yeah. So um, now towards the end of my career, they had the last um, knockout and they had my uh, had a brain scan done. Was that uh, with uh, Shogun? No, that was the very last fight. It was um, against um, Steve Bose. Oh, stay, Steve Bose. That's in right. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, that was the last fight. And then after that fight, I called it. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, copped a good knock. Yep. I I copped a good knock against. Um, Shogun Amura, knockout yep. loss. I yep. lost that one. And then the next, the second lock, knockout loss was um, Stephen Bose. Yeah, okay. So then I caught a quits after that, after yep. like getting um, some uh, not so positive results back from the yeah, uh, brain yeah. scan. Yep. So I went and seen the um, neurologist and um, oh, it's a neurosurgeon. He yeah, yeah. Like showed me, you know, okay, well, this is what you're, you know, Brain. this is what's going on, sort of thing. Yeah, got to think about, you know, contact sports and yep. your future and, yep. and all that. Yeah, um, it's really it's up to you what decision you want yeah, to make. Yeah, but, yeah, you know. So I was like, okay, normally or you know, going for surgery, get it fixed, come back out, and I'm fighting. But yeah, you're noggin. Yeah, like yeah, mess around with that. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I called it. Yeah, that yep. was uh, what two uh, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, you, you announced your retirement. So after that, obviously that news. What? How was life? As soon as you announced your retirement, how was life after that? Sort of straight after that sort of thing. Because obviously, uh, your accomplishments really stands for themselves. The first New Zealander to, com- to compete in in UFC, obviously. Uh, first New Zealand to win a fight in the UFC, fight of the night. Then you had the CFC light heavyweight champion, and so forth. When it all comes to the end, and as I've talked to other sports sports guys and sports friends that I have, when you come to the end of the career and the you know the constant training, the the sort of celebrity status that you people know you, the crowd cheering, you know, it's like an adrenaline drug. You know, what what was that like when you thought, man, I, my health is important, I've got to I gotta retire. What was was it an easy decision or was it just like, oh man, this is this is killing me, you know? Um bit, now, bit down or Oh, it was like I was bummed out and everything. But yeah. I've been on a four fight four fight losing skid. Yeah, yeah, had, okay. Had two knockout losses. Yep. Um so I was like at yeah, sort of, you know, at the end of my career yeah, anyway, yeah. I, I wasn't really keen to like go through that training process yeah, to yeah, get 100%. ready for a fight and stuff like yeah. that. I hated it, you know, because of the, my experience with injuries. Yeah. I hated it. But then for you to be successful at it, you got to love everything. you got to love the fight. you got to love the, the training and the everything, journey, the whole process. Everything. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. I started yeah. hating it. Yeah. So I um, that was like, okay, well, this is happening. Yep, okay, bang. It's fascinating how people, when we all get into the fight game, it's like, oh, we're passionate about it, we live for it, we're excited about it. But you get to that stage where you've gone through so many battles, so many adversities, and then you get to the stage and you hear so many people like, I don't care, it was tennis players or rugby league players, they just go, I just don't like, I don't like it anymore. I don't love it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's the time to go. And but you see, some people go, I don't love it anymore, but I'll just continue doing it. Yeah. You know that that must be hard, just grinding through the Run training. Through yeah, yeah, but yeah. when you get to the stage where you go, I just, I loathe it. I hate it. 
that's the time to go, you know, I'm yeah. done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And and the accomplishments obviously talk for themselves. You've you've fought the best in the world. You've I think you've even had the best walkout walkout <laughs> it was uh, yeah. Man in Black. Man in Black, yeah. Man, that was uh, man, that was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> everyone was uh I think everyone didn't expect that. That was back when entrances were fun. Yeah, yeah. Because you didn't have to like walk out with um the uniforms, uh, the uniform, the, yeah. So yeah, the strict. Now they've even taken uh, with MMA. They've taken not even allowed to have your country flag. Oh, really? Bringing it out, yeah. Man, UFC are just like taking control. Crazy, isn't yeah. it? Crazy. They just Man, every, everything's everything's for the money. Like it's just no not letting the fighters have the love. And it's probably like I mean, you only just got to look at some of the fights that are happening soon. Like Luke Rockhold, he's just he's just letting the UFC have it. Like so, yeah, he's I'm, just he's just killing them, but so if we take it back like ten years, where a fighter could walk out with, with all his sponsors on his sponsors on his are, pants, you know, helping him, you know, he he may have fights. made an extra ten or twenty thousand, you know, yeah. money wise. Yeah, so you got these fighters that are walking out with their sponsors, yeah, and then with their um their flag. But now, but now, yeah, then, but now they can't even now they can't even walk out with with their country's flag. Yeah, yeah, shocking. Eh? So you. That's happening, and then um, yeah, it's that's a that's they've a had that taken away from them. Yeah. Meanwhile, UFC are making a lot more money than one hundred percent. We're like ten years. But then ago. they go, oh well, incentives the, are this and that, that. But the incentives, incentives are nothing. Hasn't gone up. That's nothing. It hasn't gone up at all. Like nah. it was bad back then. Yeah. And it's hasn't moved. Nah. In like ten years. But I remember, so I remember even the bonus pay, bonus, you know, fire of the nights, and that was seventy five thousand. Mm. And they're all fifty thousand now. Yeah. And people go fifty thousand. That's a lot of money. But when you put your life on the line, yeah. and you fight a war yeah. and do damage to your body, fifty thousand nothing. Yeah. But fans yeah. don't get this. No. It's like okay, so a fighter goes out there, he wins fifty grand for the fight, he gets a bonus, fifty grand. Then he might be out for the whole year. And fight next year. So that's that's the so wage for 50, the whole year. Fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> that is just like. Well, that's just a, a minimum year's yeah, wage. Yeah, yeah. So after you retired, uh, 2016, post post life of uh, of James DeHerner, like I, I, obviously I know with uh, your training up there with the Newcastle Knights with your wrestling, um, what what else is doing in your life? Um, so I got into like as soon as I finished up, I got into a teaching teaching role. Yep, it started like I'm um, teaching some. MMA seminars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of went around Australia, New Zealand, had fun with that, and yeah, yeah. then I got a uh, opportunity to um, provide services as a wrestling coach for, yep. like a tackle coach for um, St George Dragons. Yep. So yep. 2018, 2019, I was yep. doing part time work down there. Then now uh, I've been doing um, the same thing, same thing every year since with yep. different clubs. Yeah, currently okay. with uh, Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. A few years ago, I got into um, um, yeah, providing uh, uh, support programs for um, yeah, out-of-home care. Yeah, okay. Yeah, youth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, obviously, uh, outside of that, the the Engage 100, obviously, you got the, the app going on, the PDF, uh, where people can get involved in your Engage 100, so training-wise, chin-ups, push-ups, yeah, squats, every, stuff, man. Every, everything you wished you had, it's not had too, done through your fight career. Yeah, it's not complicated. It works. Yeah. It, um, it's basic. You can do it, you know, at home or at the park and, um, you know, gyms. Yeah. These days are quite intimidating. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like you, you know, walk up into the gym and – 
Yeah, especially like a full-on weight gym, and everyone's yeah, yeah. awkward at you. Yeah, hundred percent. Like a steering contest. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so who's bigger? Or who's the, who's the gangster or whatever? So in the end, so if you weren't fighting, what do you think you would have been doing? For fighting, not much. <laughs> <laughs> not much yeah, at all. No, if I wasn't fighting, um, no, actually, I was, I was, um, I was, I was a brickies labourer. Oh, that's right. Because Tommy, your brother, is a brickie. He's got the business, uh, Bricky's yeah, Labour. Yeah, yeah. So I was Bricky's Labouring when I was 16 when I first moved over here. Okay. 16, 17 years old. And I started Bricky's Labouring and then, and then training a, as well. That's a tough old job. And then I got on a trail and started laying bricks. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah, it is a tough job. Oh, tough, tough job. Tough job. But the, um, but in regards to uh, one of your, one of your favorite, uh, like, when you when I say sports persons or or heroes, as you said, you were looking at John Lomu, Mark Hunt, J- uh, Dave Tua. Would that be would that be who you'd be looking at? Yeah, my biggest one's Mike Tyson. Yeah, biggest one. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, growing up in the eighties and nineties, and anything that um, oh, New Zealand's quite big in boxing. So yeah, yeah. Okay. If there's any big boxing event, New Zealand's chucking Straight. it on TV. Yeah, okay. And so I'd see um, uh, Tyson. Small clip of Tyson in the sports news, yeah, and then he's yeah, you know just, running in the dark, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's what I'm gonna that's do. That's what to you got to do. So 100%. like running in the dark, and yeah, the rain stuff like that, yeah. Because you know, Mike was doing it, yep. And I always used to think that oh, how cool would it be to be in like Mike Tyson's shoes, hundred percent, yeah. Like, you know, you know, competing yep. against the the best in the world, yeah. And then years later, oh. I'm at the MG, MGM. Yeah. I look through the cage fence when I'm when I'm about to fight, yeah. waiting for the bell to go. And there's Mike Tyson. He's, wow. he's watching me fight. Yeah, that's crazy. Cool. That, yeah. that is cool. Yeah. yeah, I've met I've met Mike a few times. Hung out at his place with with Jeff Finnick, and yeah, he's 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 a different cat. He's a different character. You know, whether you get good Mike, bad Mike, cranky Mike, whatever. But oh, yeah. when you when you're a kid watching that guy fight in the eighties, as you say, eighties and nineties, and then you get to meet him and you get to hang out with him, it's just like. It was like meet Muhammad Ali. It was just like, wow, can like this is a dream. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to idolize this dude. Now he's just hanging out and he knows you and you're just hanging with him. Yeah. It was crazy. That's a crazy experience. So yeah, definitely that would be the best sporting. Uh, the best sporting memory for James. It's a sporting memory. Yeah. What's what's sort of to, that comes to mind? Uh, best sporting memory. It would have to be. Um, the one that comes to mind is um, uh, David Tua fighting Lennox Lewis. Yeah, right. It was like, um, even though he lost that fight, yeah, it was just for Dave to get there. I think I think he got a lot of respect out of that fight too, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just uh, it was a great match for uh, Lennox. Yeah, and probably the wrong time for Dave to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, anyone else, but man, still, but just, still looking, looking. As a New Zealander watching that fight would have been a proud moment for the whole country of New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, so, yeah. Wow, we've we've made it to the top. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah everyone, yeah. everyone in New Zealand would have been on the back of Dave, yeah, man. Dave yeah, Tua. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So that's um, one fight that comes to mind. Yeah, right. That would always stick with me. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And when uh, the what's the probably coaches or whatever? What's the best advice you've ever received? When it comes to fighting, personal life, or whatever it may have been, uh, other than arguing with your brother, 
Best piece of advice. I don't know, like I've always um I've always listened to people. I, I acknowledge what people have to say to me yeah. when they've got a lot of experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So especially like people that are older than me. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, always always like respect me. always respect <laughs> the elders because to be honest, they know more than me. Hundred percent. They've been their that journey's been through the same. Yep. Yep. I, me- I remember, I remember Ty Tuivasa saying that when he's in Newcastle, and I was like, "Oh, what do you, you know, what do you want to do?" And he's just like, "I only just listen to the people that have probably been there and done it, but they're older than me and they've been in the game a lot longer than me. They can advise me on what they want, you know, what's best for me in regards to that." And I thought, "Oh, that's you know, from a young guy who could probably just walk around and do what he wants to do to say that." And he was, you know, he's obviously very popular, but. I thought, oh, that's you know, he's got his head screwed on. You know, he's yeah. he's searching for that knowledge, and which makes a person a great athlete when they're searching for knowledge all the time. Yeah. When they think they, I know everything now. I don't need to know anything. That's when you start to come to a stop. But when you're always searching, and even as coach, if you're searching for knowledge, that means you're a good coach. You're always willing to op- be open minded about finding different ways of doing things, yeah, yeah, sport, yeah. life, whatever it may be. Yeah. And if there was obviously young men or women in the sport, uh, fight sport or just in life, what what advice would you give them? Uh, coming into the sport or that are in, in the sport, um, listen to your coaches. Yeah, listen to your coaches and um, – Listen to your body. Yeah, listen to your body. <laughs> <The> body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen to your coaches because, yeah – Again, yeah, they're the ones of uh, a lot of experience. Yeah, yep, yeah, no, that, that's a decent one. And you, and you, as I say, the the greatest greatest success that you that you can sort of, and it doesn't have to be in in the fight. It's sort of yeah, my greatest success. Yeah, straight away comes to my mind is my very first fight. Yep, as a fourteen year old. Yep, in the bottom of uh, New Zealand. Yeah, okay. Um, in Vicargo, and I fought at this army base. Yeah, right. it's like he's this kid that is, you know, bad stutter, shy, and yeah. insecure. Um, and I walked out there to this ring that's in the middle of a, a sort of army base. Yeah, it's yeah. A hangar. Yeah, yeah. And it's the hangers, you know, the rings in the middle of the hangar. Yeah. And it's probably like, say, 100 people, 150 oh, yeah, people right. there. All the men dressed up in uniform. Yeah. They okay. turned around and watching me walk in. I'm like, oh, oh no. no. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, you know, Shitting myself, yeah. And stepping in the ring, and that's that was the biggest fight of my life. Yeah, and probably yeah, their first one, and probably yeah, it's it's the little simple things too, especially growing up with all those sort of uh, adversities you went through, and then it was more, it probably would have felt like more of an accomplishment. Yeah, just going, wow, I got to this stage yeah. which I never thought I'd get to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great great memory. And before uh, before we sort of finish up. What, what is James Tahuna's rich life these days? What really makes you happy and content with uh, what what you do in in life these days? Exercise, <laughs> training, <laughs> training. Why not? Exercise, exercise. Yeah, love. Yeah, family. Yeah, community. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. No, it's beautiful, man. I just want to uh, again take this opportunity to thank you for uh, coming on the Rich Life Projects. Been a uh, absolute pleasure because you're a champion of a uh, champion of a dude. And uh, mate, thank you. Thanks, man.